This podcast is part of the A3K Network. For more information, visit www.anime3000.com. Warning. The views and opinions expressed by this producer are not necessarily the views and opinions expressed by Anime 3000, its producers, partners, or affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. I was told no time for the streets rest. The D's breath ran a sting like bees nest. My man ain't free yet. From a city that greets death. With a shrug and a tear in the words. Just pour suds from my beard. Hi everybody, how you doing? We're back. We're back with another episode of The Outside with me. Co-host and everybody's here. I'm Cody Fire. And I'm Max. And before we get started with our topic of the day, I've got two little things that I want to get out of my chest. I fucked that line up, but whatever, we're going to keep going. Because you see, there's a couple things I want to advertise. I'm going to be a little bit of an ad bitch here, but I'm being an ad bitch out of love because these are things that people need to know about. First of all, by the time this is released, uh, when the, by the time this podcast is online, a little game will have been released uh, a little game by the name of Anarchy Reigns. Uh, this actually came out in Japan last year, but and but for some reason Sega decided to push it to January of this year. Because they're American dipshits. Play. Yeah, I don't even the fucking Japanese. See, I imported it, and the Japanese game is fully in English. It's in English by default. Has all the English voices, all the English. It's the American version of the game. The only difference between our version is their and their version is what the title little thing looks like, because they call it Max Anarchy over there. That's the only difference. Whether or not the when you're in the title screen, it says either Max Anarchy or Anarchy Reigns. That is literally the only difference. But whatever, I imported it. Uh, cost me a pretty penny, but I got it eight months early. One of the most no, the most fun game I've played in years. I, I don't even remember the last time I had this much fun. This game is is something fucking special. Y'all need to be playing this. This game is incredible. And I don't want to see it fall into obscurity because Sega's idiots. So everybody listening, go get this game. You have no reason not to. I don't fucking care if you've got money for a game. It's it's 30 bucks. It's not even the, your normal $60 price. It's 30 bucks. Go get this shit. I don't care if you're homeless. Go shiv another hobo in the street to get the money. It's 30 fucking bucks. Um, you actually, and, and also has what I'm gonna go out on record saying the greatest uh, video soundtrack on a single video game as of yet. Uh, th- over 30 tracks uh, of original hip hop songs done by uh, very very talented underground hip hop artists, thirty plus tracks, and they're all gold except maybe the two tracks for the girl characters. That's it. I mean, these are still that's still taking those away. It's thirty plus tracks, including the first new song from Dilated Peoples in like five years. You have no you have no excuse. Run out and get. You've heard a couple of the tracks. That I've used in this show to begin a couple episodes. Uh, the uh, we the uh, episode we did on Fallout Equestria, the episode on comedy. Those were a couple uh, episodes where I used tracks from that soundtrack, uh, including the greatest final boss song ever. Period in video game history. I don't care how impressed you were that Dancing Mad had movements 
or oh this song has the guitar in it i don't care find you is the it's called find you and it is the greatest final boss track in video game history well, i don't like hip hop because people who shove me into the lockers are listening to it get over it this is i mean i i could literally go on uh an hour just examining everything amazing about this song the 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 fucking music the actual beat is incredible and epic as shit uh even the lyrics are well written and doja rays the artist that does it is amazing he is an amazing artist i've actually went out and got his own stuff like after listening to him in this and the previous game in the series mad world he is incredible and it's just everything about this song is fan-fucking-tastic um so yeah you have you guys gotta get anarchy reigns uh also just today checked out an album speaking of hip-hop from a hip-hop artist an underground hip-hop artist prominent underground hip-hop artist reef the lost cause that's cause with a z um i'm probably gonna link to his band camp uh in the show notes because the motherfucker released a new album uh, just the end of last year called uh reef the lost cause is dead and he released it for free as a free download a whole album for free this album is amazing it's like every track is gold okay maybe there's like one or two oh eh but I mean, it's one or two out of a whole fucking album. It's an incredible, incredible album. This is, and you don't really don't have any excuse not to even just check it out. It's fucking free. It, it costs you nothing but time. So go and get this shit. It's amazing. In fact, the song that that uh, is going to be like the intro to this episode will be a song from that album as a sort of average. Because as I'd like to do with uh, the lead-in and you know, fade out songs on this show instead of just using some generic track for every episode or something from an anime, some Japanese shit or whatever. I like to do songs that people from artists people not some people might not be familiar with to sh- sort of expose y'all because as enthusiastic as I can, you know, be at an anime, I'm without a doubt more into music than I am into anime. So I like to try to educate y'all. So I'll be educating y'all with this episode too. So now that my advertisements are out of the way and I've yet sell out. <laughs> Max, why don't you uh tell the folks what we're gonna be talking about today? <laughs> yes. Our topic for today is something that a lot of our listeners should be more or less intimately familiar with when if they're even into anime at all. It is a little ditty called Yu Gi Oh. A.K.A. Dungeons the King of Games, and we're going to talk about it. Namely, we're going to talk about all of Yu-Gi-Oh! The anime adaptions, that is. Like, from Season Zero all the way to Zexel... Fuck it, I'm just going to call it Zexel to spite these fuckers. So is this the, is this the show where it is time to d d d d d d duel Yes, yes it is. Is that what we're doing? Are we throwing down with a face down? Well, more or less, given that in the newer episodes, well, yeah. yeah. Um, I personally could give two shits about Yu-Gi-Oh!, but, you know, but, I mean, I know, Max, you have, like, a passing interest in it. Yeah, I did so watch it when I was a wee lad, and back then, when you're a kid and you're kind of stupid and you don't know what 
what makes sense and what is stupid and what is actually cool, like you, you're kind of more into it actually. Because I guess it might have helped that back then it was the original Yu-Gi-Oh and not the bullshit that came after that. But, but yeah, I'd uh, to to this day I'd still maintain the position that at least the original Yu-Gi-Oh has some entertainment value, even if it's cheesy as all hell. I mean, after all, we're literally watching a show about people playing card games that determines the future of the world. <laughs> well, the, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is an odd beast. When it first started out, it was kind of dark, for one thing. Yeah, um, like people were actually getting killed and shit. Yeah, uh, and it was just about games. Like, like each new kind of storyline would involve some kind of weird or strange or creative game uh and i'm not 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 like charades or anything like that it was like balancing a lighter or being covered in gasoline shit like that it was weird um and well what was it yeah it made sense so given the fact that the that's where the title pretty much came from from that early period in the manga that's why it was called king of games and not King yeah. of Game. <laughs> because nowadays Yu-Gi-Oh! is just about one game. Yeah, see, what happened was... At one point in the manga, they introduced one of one of the many games that had been in the series. They introduced a card game. And that's just where it stayed. And someone got the idea to make that card game a thing. And it took off. I can't really blame the uh, original author for... Knowing where their bread is buttered and going with it. Uh, part of me wants to say they sold out of their original idea, but it worked. So I can't fucking complain. I think or, it was know, actually kind them. of fun for what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I never played it. I knew people that did, but I never played it myself. Um, the, the, it was weird to me that that, sh- that series started as dark as it was. Because like, everybody knows about... Yugi, he's got that pharaoh spirit inside him. This yammy Yugi, which is dark Yugi. Yeah. Um, and, like, the pharaoh Yugi, which we're just calling the pharaoh. I'm not using those goofy names. The pharaoh was a dick. Like, he was a bastard early on. Like, he fucking cursed people. Like, fucking, that mind crush was a literal mind crush. Yeah, when he did that to Kaiba, it wasn't like in the in the show where Kaiba was simply they exercised his evil side or whatever bullshit they told us in the Four Kids version. Uh, but no, what he what he did in the manga is he literally shattered his mind, and they represented that by basically like showing Kaiba himself basically in his own mind trying to reconstruct puzzle pieces, sort of similar to the Millennium Puzzle, but a shitload more of them. And the pharaoh was like, yeah, I don't even know if he's going to be capable of doing that, but whatever, not my problem. Yeah, it was a dick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this thing was surprisingly dark for the, you know, what they call season zero and all that shit. Right. But of course, when you were a kid, you never knew about that because they actually never showed that season here. Yeah, you just went right to the part where you could sell shit. Um <laughs> That I I I'm gonna I'm gonna admit as weird as the character designs were I kind of like them for what they were like I do like the weirdness because that was that that was the style 
Yeah. Uh, at least in the original, because there was some semblance of normalcy with some characters' hair, but generally it was it was very stylized and crazy, and I kind of like that. Even you, know, you can make a million jokes about Yugi's hair, but I mean, it, I kind of like that it was it, it is insane, but yeah. it fit that crazy angular, sharp lines look the author has going on. Yeah. At least it was unique, set of being like uh, generically drawn moe anime number five billion. Going into you know further uh and the character designs and we'll kind of get into this as we go but the thing about the character designs was now the original author's designs you know fit into his style and you know lack thereof if you look at the earlier chapters yeah yeah <laughs> it, it it took him some it's like akira toriyama it took him time to get his thing going uh and you could see the difference um like it was like toriyama because as he went he got more angular with harder lines and more definition. And it was the same thing happened with this guy, it seems like. But he went, like, pointy. And also, uh, apparently this author is also buddies with the guy that does Bobobo. So this dude's making friends all over the place. Uh, Guess that just he, reinforces the power of friendship. <laughs> he's got in the heart of the cards. Uh, but, he, but this, like... I like, you know, like I said, I like the designs. I like what he was doing. I like how he went all angular. It's unique. I'm all, I'm all for unique art styles. But you, when he started, when other people started doing Yu-Gi-Oh things, and again, we'll get into those, but Yu-Gi-Oh series that were not done by the original author, you could tell uh, they tried to copy his thing, but they didn't quite get it. Like they didn't get uh, what he was, his designs were grounded in. So shit got progressively dumber and dumber and dumber looking. Until we finally reached the apex, to which which we'll get to. Yeah, and there's no excuse in that shit. <laughs> but uh, starting with Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, one of the things I always thought was weird was how, like... Maybe someone could clear this up that's seen Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, now I get that the Maximilian Pegasus guy... He fucking created this card game. Yeah. Based on, and I guess he based it on uh, ancient Egyptian magic games that actually happened. Yep. Uh, but then, how is it that these things? I like, I get the hologram technology, but at what point does the hologram technology start actually manifesting shit? Because it starts to get implied like these cards have the power of these gods or some shit. Why and why do the trading cards have the power of the gods? They're just trading cards with the image, and you put them in a hologram. Like, is making a hologram of these gods enough to make them a thing? And then you got this monster with a dragon for a dick coming out of <laughs> nowhere. And- yeah, Zog Negro shades. That was a weird design, all right. But but yeah, I, I guess the reason behind the entire thing was basically because these cards were like made to be unique, and Pegasus made them like in a special way, and was already warned like not to do it. Because I think it's implied because he's got the Millennium Eye or some shit. Like if you got these Millennium articles, then after all, if you recall, you can cause these shadow duels and whatever and I think that makes the makes what the cards show through the hologram kinda more real I guess which is why you can start hurting people actually with your attacks 
And I guess that's sort of a similar process in which Pegasus created these three cards because they represent the gods. Uh, I don't know, beats me, but but uh, I guess that's the explanation. Don't make no sense to me. I I don't fucking know. Um, it's magic. Oh. <laughs> also, one kind of disclaimer we got to get out of the way. We're gonna bring up shit from Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. I mean, I know a, a bridge series, or like referencing an abridged series, is pretty much the dorkiest thing you can do. Uh, it is the nerd thing. Uh, you, it is sort of like the bullet to the head of any semblance of fucking. I don't know what, not being a giant tool. Uh, but in our defense. Of all these horrid fucking abridged series, there's like three good ones, and Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged is one of them. I'm not gonna lie, it's funny. Uh, we're gonna try to keep references to a minimum, but they're probably gonna happen. Cause, I mean, it's one, you get all these fucking dipshits that just quote the catchphrases from an abridged series and then giggle, usually through their nose, you know. <laughs> yeah, that shit. Um, like the Homestuck fandom, but worse. And then you want to blow your brains out. That's the shit I see all the time when I go to conventions. You walk down the hallways, and I'm like, Car games on motorcycles die in America! <laughs> and I'm like, can I just give you AIDS somehow? <laughs> is it just, is there any way I can just like wave my hand and suddenly spots appear and you've got AIDS? Can we just do that? Millennium syringe. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Can I put can I be the doctor from Yu Yu Hakusho and just give you made up diseases? I made my own virus with my bugs. Oh, can I just do that shit, please? <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Oh, anyway. So that will probably happen. We're sorry in advance. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you can't talk Yu-Gi-Oh! at this point without bringing that shit up. I mean, that's pretty much that's pretty much what matters anymore when it comes to Yu-Gi-Oh! now is Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged. <laughs> that's the only reason why anyone even cares about the show anymore. Well, that's, that's, only... that's not true, but... Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I know anything about Yu-Gi-Oh! is Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged. I mean, it's pretty much like I had a tertiary knowledge from when it first came out. And everything else that I've picked up is from Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. So who knows? I might get something horribly wrong that he made up and think it's real. I don't know. <laughs> That's my frame of Yu-Gi-Oh! reference is, like, the shit with Maximilian Pegasus on that island. I'm aware of what happened there. Speaking then, of Pegasus, that's actually one more, more or less more interesting part of the, of the way the anime was made based on the manga. You see, you remember the duel that Pegasus had with Bakura after he got defeated by Yugi, right? Vaguely. Yeah, you know, with the Egyptian le- I'm not gonna, even gonna say it. But yeah, he had a duel with Bakura and Bakura took his eye. Now what happened in the manga was Bakura had taken his eye and he had killed him actually. But they didn't want to show that in the anime, for whatever incomprehensible reason. And this of course meant that Pegasus was still alive in the anime continuity, which is why he actually appeared like in, in later um, in the movies, for example, and even in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. Because in, in that continuity, Pegasus got never killed. <laughs> it's kind of amusing, actually. 
And it's, uh, I guess, you know, by using your little cop out, you could keep him around for whatever reason. Because, you know, like this, sh- this show needs more foppish dudes with big-ass heads of horse hair. Yeah, but the plot twist is that Pegasus actually isn't gay. <laughs> so that makes him unique amongst all the Yu-Gi-Oh characters. <laughs> well, no, a couple of them are straight. I mean, fucking Yu-Gi and that one fucking chick that loves friendship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just all... going to chalk this one up to denial. <laughs> like, I can't be gay. I, I gotta have a girlfriend. Get, give me a chick with a cardboard box for hair. Uh, but, oh man. I mean, that, that, this, that's all I know though is Maximilian Pegasus shit and then fucking what Yu Gi Oh! Bridge tells me. So, I, I obviously, I'm obviously aware, you know, half these characters aren't actually Adult Swim ripoffs. By the way, can someone tell Little Karibo to stop doing that? I understand, it's his thing, he can do whatever he wants. Fine. But as an audience, make up your own shit. Stop just turning people into Adult Swim characters. <laughs> okay, it was... I could kind of get it, like, with the dudes with the mask. You got one tall one, one short one. Okay, fine, they're the Moonanites, whatever. Why is that other guy, Quafio from Perfect Hair Forever? Why are you just making him another... Adult swim character. I don't know. I don't know. Just... You see, that's where my ignorance is showing because I didn't even realize that <laughs> since I don't know these characters. Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess maybe that's what he's banking on. <laughs> like, I hope nobody recognizes where I'm, where I'm stealing from. Yeah, it's like, and he even does the adult swim bumps like with the brackets at the end of episode. It's like, dude, come on, just oh, yeah. hop off William Street's dick. You don't need to do that. You're funny. You're a funny guy. You don't need to fucking dick ride William Street and rip off all their ideas like you're fucking Rob Liefeld coming up in the original concept. You're a funny guy. That's why I'll kill you last. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I just want to get that off my chest. So, just forewarning, just in case we say screw the rules, I have money or some stupid shit. But speaking of screw the rules, I have money, um, I'm curious, like, the when when Yu-Gi-Oh introduced the character of Kaiba, the rich uh, fucking rival character. Yeah. That Kaiba was pretty much, I don't know. Well, obviously this wasn't intentional, but this was a happy circumstance when this show became marketing driven, because he his whole corporation became like the go-to reason for any new toy they yeah. wanted to market. Oh, they got the wrist things now. Uh, or if they want to do any new rule set, he could fucking do some device that did it or whatever. Yeah, or just cares. start a new tournament where he forces the rules on everyone. Yeah, or some new machine that... I... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's also very silly. But yeah, his introduction seemed to be like... Uh, almost like now we can... Uh, fu- have an excuse to introduce any new shit that's in the real world game. Yeah. It's a new rule set. Kaiba makes a tournament with that rule set, and he will probably have them duel on some kind of fucking uh, Mega Man level. Yeah. In the beginning of the series, he was just some douchey rich kid at the sh- school who read Nietzsche. Yeah. 
Yeah, and because he he gotta read he gotta read Nietzsche. Every character who is in some way, shape, or form like uh, dark and evil or whatever, he has got to read Nietzsche because apparently the day in school where they taught everyone that Nietzsche wasn't actually some sort of dipshit nihilist, everyone in Japan apparently collectively skipped class. Well, that's the day the the new Dragon Quest came out. So obviously, you know, yeah, everybody called in sick. Uh, yeah, like I just always found that funny. Like he was just an excuse, and and it begs to begs makes you wonder, begs to reason. How is this company still staying afloat? I mean, he's wasting ridiculous amounts of money on things that will get him no profit. Uh, and he keeps wasting it on this expensive machinery that could probably be used for much better things than a goddamn card game. I mean, the, the, the Bridge series does a marvelous job of highlighting how silly it is. It's a fucking children's card game. That's all this is, and he yeah. is just elevating just, it. And just imagine how expensive these holographic projectors must be. And he's he's even giving them out for free in the fucking tournament. Like, to people who are high enough uh, ability with their card games. Yeah, and, and like, at one point he clears out a city. Yeah. A whole city, just he clears out. And again, the Bridge series was did a fabulous job of pointing out how awful that is and absurd that is. Like, just forced everybody out of their homes and jobs and all that shit. Just to have one big city to run around and play card games it's in. It's like, fuck off, I'm rich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do whatever I want. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't, I don't know how he hasn't bankrupted Kybercorp. Just like, like, what, like, what could, how could this have happened? Really, you have to ask that. Yeah. Like, I don't care, guys. I'm a rich white kid. Do you see how much we're in the red? Yeah. I know I'm Japanese, but I'm totally white, you guys. <laughs> no one in anime is actually Japanese. It's <laughs> <laughs> all a big lie. Japan doesn't actually exist. It's just white people on an island who paint themselves. It's shiny white people. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, that that always got me. Like, I get, well, I mean, suspension of disbelief. It's a, just a kid show and all that. But that just, I mean, he has a dragon-shaped jet. Why? Why? What will that get? I, why? I guess the only justification for the entire Kaiba thing is, is once you're at the point where you're capable of accepting that there's ancient Egyptian uh, card games that are played in modern times by some gay kid who's possessed by an evil gay pharaoh in duels that will decide the fate of the world. Once you're at that point, I think you can pretty much accept that Kyber Corp isn't going to get bankrupt. <laughs> Ride the crazy lightning. Exactly. Um, sort, yeah. of like, sort of like asking... Why are the hands, fists of the Baron in Anarchy Reigns on fire? Because well, it's awesome. Because they're the super sexy fists of fire. Yeah. And he stole them from a pyromaniac, a pyromaniac nymphomaniac, pyromaniac sex freak. That was how they put it. Uh, I, I, I guess, I mean, yeah, I guess technically that that is the explanation. But it was like, it always took it to the points where I was like, okay, that's a little much. I understand. Like you're you're making Scrooge McDuck upset. That's that's how silly you're getting with this. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, even Scrooge McDuck knew you had to turn a profit. You had to get more money. You can't just blow your money on shit. You gotta get some more money. That's why he's always with a launch pad looking for treasure. Got to you gotta get the cash. You gotta get the dough. Uh, also, Scrooge McDuck is totally the best Disney character. 
No, that would be Darkwing Duck. But thank you for playing. But that that always just that was always I mean that's a weird thing to hang up get hung up on I know but it always just was really weird to me because you 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 ever you always wonder where is Kaiba Corp getting its money from like he makes all this stuff but it, you never see him sell anything you never see him invested in any kind of business he just maybe makes he, maybe he just does the same thing that he did in the introductory episode of his childhood like he just buys companies and then threatens them at gunpoint. Like, give me more money. He or buys I'm gonna companies. fire you all. He so buys he's a, companies and yeah, trades them. He's, for he's like the Donald Trump of the Yu-Gi-Oh world. At least, no, because Donald Trump knows you got to make a profit. Donald Trump knows you got to fucking have a business and get and some income. I think Kaiba just like he buys up businesses that he drains them for every cent they have, and then just he consumes business. He consumes other companies. Like, Wait, I thought that was was business was. I thought that's what capitalism is. Did my communist friends lie to me? Oh no! <laughs> I gotta no. tell Tumblr about this that they were wrong. <laughs> With business, you gotta you gotta make money. You say you gotta spend money to make money, but you gotta still make money. Like, like Kaiba Corp, you don't know what do they do? Where does this income come from? They would have to be they would have to have uh, copyrighted air to have this kind of money to burn. Actually, Maybe. I wouldn't put that past Kaiba. I mean, at least, I mean, I'm pretty sure, what, did Scrooge McDuck have some oil fields or some shit? Yeah, he, I think so. Yeah, he had something. You, you gotta have something. He, Kaiba Court was just fucking... Seto Kaiba makes ridiculous shit and has a fully staffed everything. What does he make? Question mark, question mark, question mark. That's what he makes. Yeah, and a whole bunch of women who all have the same haircut. <laughs> it worked in Pokemon. I thought maybe I could use it to my advantage. But, uh... That was just always really silly to me. Uh, and, uh... I really got an... I understand the idea in Japan of using pretty boys to get a female audience. I get it. But... What really is the excuse for Merrick, or I guess he was, what was he originally called, Malik or some shit, whatever? Some shit. <laughs> yeah. Him, crazy brown man. What the hell is, is the excuse for having him in a pink halter top or whatever the hell that was? How do you hell are you supposed to have this threatening villain he's walking around in a pink shirt with his, with his fucking midriff exposed? Well, he's playing card games in order to destroy the world. I think at this point anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is no, I mean... It's like, at it's, that point, they, they, just, they just said, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, at that point, anymore. it's like, there's no denying he's gay at that point. He's wearing a pink, it was like a hoodie. It was like a, it had a hood. It was like a pink halter top hoodie with his midriff fully exposed. He's wearing all that gold jewelry. He's like... Dude's gay. I mean, there's no, there's no pussyfooting around it. Dude likes dudes in his butt. Hey, pink is fucking hardcore, okay? <laughs> Not with a pink hoodie halter top. That was just, I mean, that was inexcusable is what that was. I don't even think a gay man walk around like that unless, like, you know what? I have resigned myself to being a complete and total stereotype. The other day well, I was in a movie theater with some black people talking. I figured, hey, if it's, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I'm going to fucking go for it. 
more like stereotype of stereotype. <laughs> Maybe it's actually like a clever reverse setup. Maybe he's so incredibly gay that he just came out the other end again and was straight. <laughs> he's Lyle the effeminate heterosexual from those old ass SNL sketches. But uh of course not that the fandom cares about any of that because when they're not pairing him with Bakura, they're pairing him with his sister. Ew. Well, I guess your options are kind of limited when you're locked the entire time in the fucking torture dungeon of your crazy-ass father. Yeah, his backstory was kind of neat. Um, it, it's it's kind of sad because as it went, as the series went on, it still had some neat ideas, but it was continuously bogged down by the fact that it was about a goddamn children's card game. So when you have this bad guy with this pretty cool backstory and the whole split personality from madness trauma thing, although, you know, not the first time a shonen manga has done that, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was all nifty and cool. That probably would have been much better served in a different series. Yeah. As, as a side note, why the hell did uh, Lil Karibo even call him Melvin? Like When I, when I hear that, I, I got to think of that one terrible that guy with a glasses sketch. Or is that another Adult Swim reference that I don't get? No, it's... I think it's because he came up with the joke that uh, Bakura's evil side had a name. Called him Florence for some reason. I forget why. It was some joke. I guess he felt... Because to, gay, I guess. I guess. To, so I just he felt to name the, you know, Merrick's evil side, and he gave it something unassuming. I don't know. It's kind of a dumb joke. I'm not going to lie. They're not all winners, folks. Some of it is just dumb, adolescent, silly nerd humor, but for the most part, it's really fun. And now you've broken every Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge fan's heart. <laughs> like, what? Not everything is funny? No! There, there's a stinker here and there, but and that and <laughs> calling him Melvin is a stinker, but you know, whatever. It, it the the characters got it, the characters gotten some laughs out of me, so let him call him whatever the hell he wants. Uh, but it's uh, I mean I was always like I really like that guy's backstory and the whole thing with that. I just you know felt it could have been is feel like you it's too little too late. If you're gonna try to put any good story into this, because you've already, it's everything else is just ever so silly. But funnily enough, as much as uh, as we've talked now about the ridiculousness of the original Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> once we get to the other ones, <laughs> I think at that point you're you're just gonna say, I don't know what I was complaining about with the original show. For it suddenly it seems all totally reasonable to me. <laughs> exactly, because at least with the original show, even at its worst, there were things I could still respect about it. Um, even at his dumbest, I could still say, well, it did this right, and this is cool, and that, that, that. And then, at some point, uh, the author decided it's time to end it, I'm done. Exactly. And resolved the whole Pharaoh thing, like the Pharaoh went to the other side. Oh, haha. The Pharaoh <laughs> died, basically, properly, and went home to, like, his dad or whatever, to spend his entire time in luxury in the afterlife and everyone else because they're fucking peasants don't because that's how the Egyptian afterlife works <laughs> and uh, then everything was over but of course since the series made money they said we gotta do a sequel and so they did and it was called Yu-Gi-Oh! GX and its premise was really really stupid 
an academy for card games. Yeah, founded by Kaiba, so I was able to at least at the <laughs> beginning to almost believe it. But what is he doing with his money? <laughs> I think at this point he's just trying to bankrupt the company despite his father. You know, if he is going around saying "screw the rules, I have money," that's that that fucking declaration has an expiration date. Because at one po- at some point he's going to have screwed the rules so much he's out of money. Yeah, how the hell? Did, now he's got a card game school for what? For screw, what? Screw the rules! I'm a card game playing hobo. <laughs> for what? Like, what does he gain out of this? Why I guess the entire yeah that that's pretty much a ridiculous part. Like the entire point of the school for card games is, as the name implies, to teach people how to play card games. I mean, it's bad enough with like a lot of these useless college courses that will get that will never get you any job other than to teach the, that useless college course. Like you are not going to get any job from taking women's studies. But don't you know. dignify that by calling it a course. <laughs> But this is, like, worse. It's a whole school that's even more useless than those useless courses. Well, at least playing card games isn't women's studies, so I can <laughs> give that a pass. I mean, like... Up yours, feminism! Like, the fucking cheese appreciation or the the history of Occupy Wall Street, all those courses still... <laughs> Still, in their uselessness and and just waste of existence, still have more merit than an entire university. I was about to say universe, like an idiot. Entire university to teach you to play a fucking card game. <laughs> I mean, oh, like, and, and what gets me is... The Yu-Gi-Oh! universe, from what I can tell, doesn't revolve that much around the card game. Yeah. Like, like, they, like it, it does not come off like... Like, these cards have no real power to them. They're not any kind of central economic force. Yeah, it's just it's not, a it, card game for children. Yeah, it's just... I mean, it's like maybe you could... You could maybe pass it off as like it's a major sport in this world... You know, so maybe if you were a really, really good duelist, you could make money with, like, fucking tournaments, although they, they well, I think only one of them had a cash prize, maybe <laughs> two. But okay, let's say maybe in this world, it's like a weird athlete thing. You know, and you make lots of money with tournaments, okay. Yeah, that actually happens in GX. Yeah, but, like, even with that, that still you would have to fathom a university that was nothing but teaching you how to, to become a sports. card game champion, yeah. Or in this case, in the real world case, how to play sports. An entire university teaching you how to play sports. Not a college with a scholarship and a sports program. Like, you learn other things plus sports. This is like solely fucking learning how to play sports. So you're not even getting a scholarship. You're getting taught how to play. You're not even being guaranteed any kind of scouting shit or anything. Maybe a little bit of scouting, but you've got a whole fucking university of competition. Your chances are of getting scouted are even less than if you were in a college football or college basketball team. So <laughs> even if you apply that real-world logic and, and give it that much of a uh, benefit of the doubt, it's still monumentally stupid. There's no, in no world is this a good idea. 
But the, but so this it's goes like back. an entire university where everyone just plays dodgeball. And, and what really gets me, these are kids, so they're here instead of school. So who needs to learn to read and write when you can learn to fucking use your defense mode jet? Well, I guess you're learning kind of to read with the cards. Yeah, and math. <laughs> Subtracting life points. Yeah. I mean, that's horrible. Like, oh, fuck, I gotta get my calculator. You know what this is? This is uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh equivalent of those North Korean uh, camps that they, like, uh, take children, like, practically abduct children and forcibly train them to be Olympic uh, com- competitors. This is, like, the except Yu-Gi-Oh equivalent of that. Yeah, except, yeah, and you're not, like, fucking, you don't have all these crying children being smacked around in front of a, the big symbol for victory. But, you know, it's not that far off. It's a little disturbing the more you think about it. <laughs> you but, must have played as a card game now. <laughs> but it, but for foregoing that, this because it, it ties in the whole reason for it is transparent. It ties into what I said in an earlier episode back with Alex that a lot of the reason why a lot of fan fictions use the school setting. It's the same thing reason that shows will use it. It's an easy simple cop-out way to get your characters to go in whatever path you want without them having any other side responsibilities. They are placed into a setting where they're forced into a group because you have classmates or whatever. You know, you have an easy, uh, no real effort. You know, you don't really have to put any effort into getting these characters to meet because they're in class together. Um, You don't have to have them doing anything else besides whatever you want them to do, be it drama or, in this case, getting into card game battles. Uh, it's just, it, it's kind of like the reason why some, like, it's that cold, no responsibility, no nothing else going in your life, and it's why some people don't want to stop, and they go to college, and they take useless classes, and they say stupid shit, because they don't fucking, you know, go into the fucking real world. Also, also schoolgirls with tiny miniskirts. Yeah, but you can stick anybody in a tiny miniskirt. Of course, there's that creepy lust of a schoolgirl uniform because there's implications in that. Exactly. But, he, but you can't even put it in this thing because nobody's got a uniform. They're just wearing all this ridiculous shit. Because well, in GX, they got a uniform. Did they? Cause yeah, I'm not, I, they do. Because I, 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 I always remember the designs of everybody looking different. Um, yeah, it's, it's three different uniforms. They're, of course, wearing, wearing them differently. Like, the main character, of course, got his shirt open because he's like a free spirit and shit. And, of course, you got to have that shit flap. Yeah. When when the holograms make an explosion. Exactly. And then there's his buddy who actually was like in the blue outfit, but later gets a black cloak because he's like his rival and shit. <laughs> and well, I, and there's this really really weird pun with that character. Well, here's the, here's the thing about GX that kind of gets me. There was an old joke that people wondered if Little Karibo was writing for it because at some point it started getting really self-aware and self-referential in the English dialogue. Um, I kind of got to hand it to it for that. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I gotta give it up. Give props to whoever decided to start doing that. That's actually pretty good, right? Even even there's one bit because I saw the video where someone was asking that they should clip. Well, it wasn't like somebody in front of the camera. It was just a bunch of clips from the show and asking, "Is Little Karibo writing for Yu-Gi-Oh GX?" And like at one point, one of them was, was the, the main character was all excited. Uh, like they could have a slumber party. We stay up all night talking about card game strategies and and all our new car, uh, all our new cards. And there's a pause, and one of the characters goes, "What?" Like that was their reaction was a flat what. 
um, or something, something like that. And I was like, oh my god. Or like one of them is actually like a like a, you can't beat me. I'm the dark rival character who is the only one who gets to fight the main character. Or something like that shit. Yeah. I was like, okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm give it up, give it props, give it up. That's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. Applause to you. If they did a completely like sort of gag dub, GX might have actually been kind of good. It, it lapsed into gag dub here and there. It's like this is the most I can ever give credit to four kids for their writing. <laughs> At some point, some boy was like, "Fuck it." Somebody was like, "Fuck it, YOLO, just do it." <laughs> Mess with the script. Yeah. That's great. After all, it's not like the original Japanese version was like this untouchable diamond that nobody could ever come close to. Oh, I mean, somebody probably thinks it was. Yeah, I mean, the, the pun that I alluded to earlier is so incredibly stupid. Like, you see in the Japanese version, the dark-cloaked rival character uh, is always insistent that people call uh, address him with a san at the end, because he's like... Uh, incredibly obsessed with like getting respect that he thinks he deserves. So that's his Japanese. Uh, when he went to that new school and basically became their champion, uh, and they they were cheering him on, were like ch- uh, chanting his name. He was shouting Manjome Sanda, which when translated basically means it's Manjome San. And they misunderstood him because there was lightning in the background. They thought it meant thunder, and that's what basically became his nickname from then on. That's a that's a long way to go for a nickname. Like writing, me <laughs> is clever writer pun man. <laughs> oh, Japan with your puns. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that's actually story arcs I want to briefly touch upon in GX because it kind of shows how ridiculously good and how ridiculously bad it got. Like one was the Society of Light story arc which was when some dude was taking over the school because he was possessed by sort of some evil entity and he was pretty much like an evil fortune teller. Like he actually used tarot cards like not Yu-Gi-Oh cards but actually tarot cards that like tell predict the future and some shit and his deck had like a tarot theme and he was constantly like fucking with people's heads and converting them to his side and brainwashing them. And of course it was up to the hero to stop the evil light guy and douchebag. So that was actually kind of fun even if, even if it was stupid. But then later uh, what happens is in another arc, this is pretty much the last one, like uh, Jaden, the main character and his friends are getting thrown like in a in some sort of weird parallel universe world where dual monsters are real. Mm-hmm. And, uh... I thought, honestly, when I first heard about Yu-Gi-Oh!, I thought that's what was going to happen. Like, it was going to be about this card game, but if something was going to happen that would make the the monsters in the card game come to life, especially when I saw, like, early promotional material and it showed, like, Yu-Gi riding on one of the dragons and shit, I saw, like, that was going to be the idea that this shit was going to come to life. And when they started, when I first saw it and then they were busting out holograms, I'm like, maybe this is how it starts. And then five episodes down the line, one of the hologram things will freak out and they'll become real. And it never happened. (laughs) And I'm like, well, then what the fuck is the point? But anyway. Yeah, uh, so, so that happened. And then they were in this weird parallel world. And there's there's these two guys, this one black guy, who has like a dual disc 
gun where he's actually firing cards. I don't know why. He's like a soldier and shit. Uh, don't ask me how, why, or whatever, or why he's black. Like the first black guy in Yu-Gi-Oh, I think. Maybe. <laughs> first black guy in Yu-Gi-Oh and he's shooting cards. Yeah, Come he has, on, a, has a really color. big nose. Come um, on, oh my god. And then there's the Australian guy who has a crocodile, mini crocodile on his back. <laughs> and uh, he is, of course, playing Australian cards, obviously. At least with the black guy, they did a bit more different. They at least gave him, like, a fire theme. Like, have volcanoes and shit. Well, but the Austra- well you know, because he's black, so he looks like he's burnt. Uh, well, of course, yeah. But the, but the Australian guy is just balls-to-the-wall Australia cards. Like, uh, the giant red rock thing, whatever. He's got a monster based on that. And other stupid bullshit. And is there he- enough... Australian-themed cards in this deck for him to make for him to make an Australian-themed deck is it like yeah, that, is actually, that the running theme. Well, so more or less, yeah. And when did Yu-Gi-Oh release the Australian booster pack? Yeah, and there's actually like there's, he's not even the first Australian character. Like there's actually like a body of uh, Jaden who later disappears in later episodes because he like goes to Pegasus to start designing cards. But he was also Australian. It was like this panda-looking motherfucker. He's got a lot of pandas in his deck. And and shit like that. Uh, but yeah. Um, so what happens is Jaden and his friends fall into this world. And he's like separated from them. And despite his complete like happy-go-lucky attitude. Like something happens. I forgot what it was. But he goes emo. And uh, yeah, I know, I know why it was. It was because of the previous villain who was already dead now. Because he was like giving him a lecture, like, "Why are you not taking anything seriously and like just playing card games to have fun?" It's like for total children and idiots and blah blah blah. And because of that Jaden was totally emo, and then he got possessed by his dark side and basically become this being what which was called the Supreme King. And he ruled all over these evil monsters, and his friend tried to free him from the mind control. And then it turns out it was actually an evil card, which he, when he was like a little kid, designed himself and sent to Kyber Corp. And they then sent into space. And because it was sent into space, it was like... Why did they send evil... a card into space? Because Kyber. And it was <laughs> sent into space, and it became possessed by that evil light entity, which also possessed the fortune teller guy, and became like a real card, and killed people, and so Jay and threw it away and forgot about it but the thing was actually still real and then he has to confront that thing because it was like his childhood friend because it was like a dual monster spirit and it's called Yubel and it may or may not be a man because like it has like one boob it's like uh, like androgynous or whatever I've seen this thing it's, yeah. it's weird and it's, it's actually like... the reincarnation of some girl or boy, it's not entirely clear from Atlantis because Jaden was like a prince or whatever who was destined to save the world, and that person like took a dragon heart and then therefore turned into that thing in order to protect him or whatever, and then in the end like Jaden used the super ultra mega fusion card in order to combine himself in Yubel, and which is kind of either really really sexual or really really gay depending on what mm-hmm. Yubel's gender is. Um, it was weird when I saw this thing. I thought it was a cool female design. Hey, that's a cool demon chick thing looking. And I was like, oh, that's only one boob. Oh, it's half boy, half girl. It's oh like a, man, like a demon at oh. oh god, what is going on? Yu-Gi-Oh! Why are you getting weird on me? 
Yeah, in the Japanese version, it's actually like it's, yeah, basically the character has like two voices at the same time, like this echo type thing. It's like a male and a female voice. <laughs> no, actually, that's what they did in the English dub. In the Japanese, it's a female voice. But that doesn't have to mean anything, given so it's how... A, yeah, it's a female, I guess it's a girl demon that had breast cancer. So it's probably her, actually a hermaphrodite. Um, but yeah, but, so that happens, and Jaden... Why is Yu-Gi-Oh getting off fetishy now? <laughs> and Jaden fuses with that thing, and therefore she's lost dual spirit or whatever. It's like, you know, actually little Karibo like, made a joke about it. It's like his phantom girlfriend or whatever. Mm. And uh, so that happened, and that's pretty much the end of that series. So, uh, how much sense did that make to you? I don't know, I'm so weirded out by the hermaphrodite demon. And it fused with him. It's everywhere he goes. Yeah. Can can you just, like, turn around so I can only see the one side? Like, don't ever show me the other side, and we'll be good. I just, you know... What if the part, he's, if the, he's got the to half take a with piss. the tit. Let's just let's just keep that in view. Yeah. Like, what if he's got to take a piss? Is she like gonna hover next to him? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Look, you're weird enough. Okay, <laughs> there's you, you're, the implications of you are already weird enough. I don't need you anywhere near my exposed dick. Yeah, I don't also, need you with an eye shot of my exposed dick. Yeah, also, how incorporeal is she actually? Is it like like in Ghostbusters, where despite that she's a ghost, she can still? I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> so yeah, that that was GX, and uh, <laughs> she got weird at the end. Yeah, and, and mind you, GX was also still running when I was still much younger and also still in Yu-Gi-Oh. But then a thing happened, namely after GX was over, they of course decided that since the series was still successful, they're there not had just to be gonna, more. Yeah, they're not going to discontinue it. We have more shit yeah, to say. So, and, and, and keep in mind, like, with my much more younger and impressionable self, who still was able to swallow, well, not all, but a lot of the bullshit from GX and, like, still enjoy it to an extent, then I saw, like, the promotional material for Yu-Gi-Oh! 5DS. It was like, no... No, I'm I'm done with this card game. That's it. I'm done forever. I'm not gonna play this anymore. I'm I'm not gonna buy anything anymore. That's it. For those who don't know what Five Ds is, you probably do know this little bit that is uh revolving that revolves around it, oh, and that would counts. be card games on motorcycles. And that's all. I'm not gonna repeat it twelve times because Lord knows if we were any other anime podcast, we would do that. Because we would, we we would go back faggots. and forth. I'd say it, then he, then Max would say it in another voice, and then I'd say it in another voice, and we'd keep going back, and then we'd laugh at our own little wackiness. But we're not going to do that because we're not faggots. <laughs> uh, moving on, the 5Ds was basically, uh, like, I don't know. Were they trying to appeal to an older audience? I mean, the characters were all older. It wasn't kids anymore. They were, like, teenagers, and everything yeah, was, I like... Don't know. Cyberpunky. Yeah, I don't know why they actually included these motorcycles because it's not like they added anything to the duels. It just made them actually more stupid. And yeah, and wouldn't it be more of a problem? Like you'd be trying to take your deck out, and all of a sudden, like you're first of all, you're not paying attention, so you're gonna probably careen. So let's say that it has an autopilot, it will prevent you from careening off the road. Yeah. Your cards would fly in the wind. You try to fucking take out your deck, and you top fucking 12 cards of your deck are just just flinging out of your deck and into yeah. the breeze. And even if you ignore all that, what's the point? 
<laughs> What's like the benefit of playing cards on a motorcycle? Is it supposed to be cooler? Because it isn't. It feels like like this is. It feels like uh, if when five Ds had not come out and someone had just saw Yu Gi Oh and Yu Gi Oh GX, like if then someone came out like, okay, what do you think Yu Gi Oh would have been like if it were made in the nineties? Uh, well, probably the same, and everyone would be like, oh, we're cool teenagers, and they'd be doing everything on motorcycles. Oh, and my then, God, that's how and the then, show got created. Yeah, it's like, how can we do this as 90s as possible? <laughs> Let's crack open some old Nintendo powers. <laughs> Watch the whole back catalog of Mighty Max and, and start cranking something out here. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, and and five Ds also pretty much marked the point where the hair went from ridiculous to what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I don't. This isn't hair anymore at this point. This is things like the this main is like had... solidified plastic model clay stuck to their forehead. Yeah, this isn't hair anymore. I don't know what was going on with the main character. He had like these weird antenna. Yeah. On his head, he was like fucking picking up radio stations on his motorcycle. Was fucking my motorcycle gets satellite radio? How? Oh, yeah. I got it attached to my head. It's made fucking Yugi's haircut look downright sensible. He's got like different antennae. One's got XM, one's got Sirius. Whichever one wins the satellite wars, I'm prepared. I'm surprised that nobody listened to BET yet, but whatever. No way, that's a TV program. Ah, it's, the, it's not radio. That's Black People TV. I don't watch that. <laughs> I should though. <laughs> yeah, you were declared an honorary black man after a couple. But it's for those who don't know, we got a funny little uh, bit from one of our listeners who officially declared us honorary black men. Uh, we got passports to Kenya and everything. Yeah, for watching Boku no Pico all the way through. <laughs> but, also, it doesn't count if you're jerking off to it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get. Um, no, but you you have to excuse Max. He, remember, he lives in Germany. He's not a German that moved to America. He lives in Germany. This is an international podcast here, so he don't know our fucking TV channels or radio. No, except like fucking like the w- w- most satellite radio is uh, it's stations for specific fucking uh, kinds of music. Uh, TV state like TV news, cable news, just the audio from it. So, you know, if you just want to hear CNN or Fox News without actually seeing what they're talking about, you got that going for you. Or fucking uh, people that were too raunchy for mainstream radio moved over there. So now Howard Stern, although Howard Stern's kind of sad without limitations now because it's just like it was it's gone from pushing the envelope to creepy old man. (laughs) Really although I did, although I did like when he pissed off the bronies, yeah. but they were on a station m- for everything. <laughs> we're on a million tangents at this point. Yeah, uh, but yeah, five Ds. Five Ds. So stupid hair, motorcycles, um, really, really gay relationship between the uh, rival character and the main character. I mean, the entire opening of Five Ds was pretty much the main character and his rival character staring wistfully at each other from a distance. Their their uh, duels are how they flirt, or how they have sex. I'm going to lay this card face down. Tell me about. Tell me how you're gonna lay it face down. I'm gonna lay it face down in 
defense mode. Oh, you're apprehensive, are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've just destroyed you once and now you lose 500 life points. Then he's like, oh, you're a really, really naughty boy today. Take it from me. Take those life points from me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was actually possible to like make Yu-Gi-Oh any gayer, but, but they managed. <laughs> I mean, that, that's like a girl character, but it's not like she matters. Merrick, you have been topped, sir. Yeah. You are officially straight, and we are sorry for everything we ever said about you. <laughs> These guys are incredible, and not in a good way. Oh. And, uh, hang on, there's, there's like different, oh yeah, there's, there's also other characters. Like, there's these two twins, for some reason. There's like, one is a girl who has twin tails and the other is a boy. They're still almost indistinguishable from, from each other. And they also play, uh, the entire theme of 5Ds is, you see, that's where the title comes from, it's like five dragons. Like, there's five people who all have some sort of dragon tattoo suddenly appear, and they have all this all one of these five dragon cards and they're chosen by Ultra Destiny to defeat like the evil shadow card game people with their motorcycles and dragons. And then there's this girl who has like a rose dragon. It's like literally rose with a dragon head looking out of it. And uh of course there's a gay rival character who has the evil darkness dragon and then there's the gay main character who has like the wind light dragon thing. Then there's these twins who have also some sort of dragon and lastly there is... Uh, actually I forgot. <laughs> but uh, Oh yeah, I remember. There's this one asshole who has like a machine dragon or whatever and he isn't actually one of the, as they're called signers, but he has ultra Mary Sue abilities like this asshole called Crow and he has like the imitation machine dragons or whatever and he is like the ultra super cool guy, is like a total friend, buddy of Yusei, the main character. And he's like super cool in duels, you guys. And it's, it gives you kind of the impression that like one of the makers of the show tried to make his own self-insert. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's like Devil May Cry, the remake. Like where the fucking cunt from Ninja Theory basically made Dante his self-insert. Yeah, by making re- him look like redesign- that. Redesigned Dante to look like him. Yeah, because, because that's really what made Dante cool. Like, like emo dipshit and cursing a lot. That, that's what makes us cool. Like saying fuck the entire time. Like, fuck you, you fucking cocksucker, you fucking suck, blah, blah, blah. Because that's why Dante was cool, right? Right? So we'll have him look like that douchebag in high school and he'll talk like any given episode of Panty and Stocking. Yeah. We got this shit. Yeah, and we're gonna make him half angel now because mm-hmm. retcon. <laughs> well, it's a reboot. Yeah, Guitar- it's more like Guitar- fuck your entire series. I'm gonna rewrite your characters like whatever you want. Like Virgil and like looks totally different now and looks like Edward from Twilight and he's like best friends with him and they fight and they fight the evil demon empire of brainwashing which which have posters from They Live and are brainwashing mm-hmm. people. And weird shit is happening, and Dante is cursing the entire time because that's cool. And he's half angel, half demon now, and oh my god, that is so awesome. And crazy random shit is happening, but yeah. But uh, there's a reason the original creator of Devil May Cry hates it. But Everyone another tangent. It. Uh, it's it's hard to stay on topic because now we're getting into the parts that are so... Yeah, yeah you almost don't want to talk about them. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, but but yeah, there's, there's basically these five signer dudes, and they have to fight the evil guys. Do they do a lot of sign language while they're doing it? Sadly, no, because <laughs> that would have made that show much cooler. Oh, then, uh, oh, then how are they gonna hook up with the deaf chick? Yeah, it's, it's just they're gonna have. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to get over with her annoying fucking interpreter as a third wheel if they don't. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of motorcycles what? and card games and tournaments. Wahaha! That's the only way I can interpret that, Tilda. Uh, yeah, there's there's not a whole lot to talk about with five Ds though, besides this ridiculous ridiculous premise and hair. Yeah. Uh, so th- now we're gonna get to the. Worst one of the bunch. With the adorable name. <laughs> Zugio Zexel, or as it's originally apparently supposed to be pronounced, Zale. Because, because fuck the, you, X, the, the X is pronounced like a Y or it's silent. Fuck that X. Because Japanese uh, people don't know how English works. <laughs> Ah, uh, well. Anyway, Yu-Gi-Oh! Sexual, which is what I'm gonna proceed to call it now, because it sounds weirdly sexual and embarrassing and stupid, and that's exactly fitting for this show. And if you thought the hair was silly in 5D... Oh, God! <laughs> it's not even hair anymore. This is just... This this is just their heads hate you. That's, what, that's what's going on now. Their heads just hate you. This is like the hair apocalypse. It's like even David Bowie would tell you, like, Dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this is... Oh, God. And, and the hair isn't even the worst part. It's like it's incredible, but it is so. I've, oh, I've... The, you know you're in for a treat with the opening. Oh, yeah. Because, you see, I've actually watched two episodes of this show, and because I didn't want to suffer alone, I sent Cody a link to the opening... Which, first of all, is really, really annoying as far as its song goes, because the entire is thing is like Japanese. It sounds like it's like weird auto-tune speed reading. It sounds like acapella dubstep. What are you doing? What is this thing? It's like if Owl City made a dubstep version of the opening of Lucky Star. Yeah, that's that, that's frighteningly accurate as yeah, to what this like, opening sounds like. It's, 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 it's literally just auto-tuned. That's the opening to fucking Yu-Gi-Oh! Zebedepi. It's like the dubstep version by Owl City of, uh, of Lucky Star and Scatman. <laughs> and then, then it lapses into generic Japanese singing, but by that time you're you're still like, what was that? What were you just doing? <laughs> and then it goes back to the babble. Yeah, <laughs> no, don't do it again. Yeah, I'm a sexual. Stop it! What are you doing? No, this isn't a this isn't words that you're doing out of your mouth hole. Look it off. I know it sounds funny when we're describing it like that, but it's really not. It's, it's painful. some form of noise is what that is. Yeah, but, uh, but getting to the part of the opening that's actually worse than the song, if you can believe that. Yeah, like the contents and what they're showing. Um, ironically enough, the song is called Masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Someone's trolling. That's just gotta be fucking intentional. Someone's I, I fucking with somebody. Ironic. Someone's <laughs> fucking with somebody behind the scenes. <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. <sighs> but yeah. Uh, so I sent you the opening, as you recall, and we're going to play a fun little mini-game between shows. A.K.A., I'm going to ask you, based on the opening, what can you predict from the shit you do- that you've seen about this show? Like, about the characters and the plot and whatever. All I can guess, uh, there is a kid, he is half Pokemon, judging by his <laughs> hair, I guess he's he was the product of... Some poke, uh, Pokemon bestiality hentai. I don't know. That's how he was conceived, I guess. Uh, he has uh, I, apparently male Cortana hanging around with him. And he fights for friendship with cards. And he's very happy and leaps a lot. That's what I gathered from that. That's pretty much him. Yeah. But there's also some other aspects to the opening. Well, not that much, but a few. For one, there's that really tacky hipster necklace that he's wearing. I didn't even notice that. I kept looking at his head. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's hard to look for. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to spot what Pokemon was his dad. What kind of Pokemon are you? Yeah, I'm thinking Scoliopede. How do you do all the things you do? <laughs> I'm thinking either Scoliopede or maybe... No, not Scizor. It's too much purple. I'm I'm going scoliopede on this one. I'm thinking his dad was a scoliopede and he fucked his mom with some weird, 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 weird internet hentai porn, <laughs> and he was conceived through that. I'm I gonna just I, I go on the line. His on dad the, was a scoliopede. I think I saw that on the internet once. <laughs> but yeah, that's too dead. What what happened is in the opening he has this really tacky hipster necklace, and the minute I saw that I was immediately like. Yeah, that that thing's gonna become fucking plot relevant. I I just know it. Plot it's a magic ahoy. amulet. Plot device ahoy, um, and I wasn't wrong about that. But we'll we'll get to that. And then what you also see in the opening, aside from the kid ad- acting like a fucking moron, is you see a really really gay alien. Is that the male Cortana thing I was talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's that's that blue like, thing. Yeah, with man, the shitty the hair. The hell is that even supposed to be? Oh, shitty hair and zeal yet. Yeah, Fucking redundant. Mm. Well, uh, we'll we'll get to what that guy is. But yeah, basically he's a gay alien. Uh, who I like really gay. Mm. Like alien. He wants the probing. Yeah. Um, and then our game's on my alien dick. <laughs> and then there are these other two characters, which are the friends of the main character. He's always got two multiple like like these fucking ass clowns in these Yu-Gi-Oh shows could make. <laughs> At, at the bare minimum, one friend. You expect to believe they've got two or three. <laughs> you have you have stretched my suspension of disbelief far beyond its breaking point. Yeah. So there's so. this one. Uh, one is the fat guy who is like the tough, grumpy guy. Of course, you can you can pretty much immediately guess what a character is just by glancing at them and trying to ignore the stupid hair. <laughs> Um, I, I honestly could not do that. I couldn't <laughs> ignore the hair. I'm just looking at their head every time. It's like, going oh my on? god, it's like a train wreck. I can't look away. What is going on on top of their heads? <laughs> this isn't hair. This is a, this is a war. Some like form a curse of war. By Satan. This is a crisis oh. that needs addressing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 
so there's this tough fat guy who's like you know the rough uh, loyal friend or whatever and uh, to the show's credit pretty much the body some more heterosexual companions in Yu-Gi-Oh not that that means anything uh, I only the- fuck guys on the weekends <laughs> <laughs> and uh well, actually, given how buff he is, he's probably a bear or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know what that means, then you clearly don't know enough about gay people, which for well, which it, I congratulate you. Really. Um, anyway, and then there's a girl character with like a green-haired schoolgirl lolly bitch, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much her her character. She's a girl. <laughs> And yeah, that was that was weird in the opening. It was she was like super fucking girly, like weirdly fucking like oh, this is meant for masturbation. Yeah, and it actually focuses on her, like goes up from her legs to a skirt up to her yeah. face. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah, I we know who she, like what she's for. Going. She'd also be an obvious laugh interest if everyone in Yu-Gi-Oh wasn't flamingly gay. Girl, so, I don't have time for girls. Yeah. That would take away the time I would play card games. Yeah, so she's basically like his best female friend or whatever. Um, and then there's the guy with the... How does sex work? Is that where you put things in a face-down position? Sort of. <laughs> it's like How, what in... do I do about your life points? Yeah, insert card A into dual disc B. She's, get, she's naked, he's still fully clothed, trying to put the card in there. Is this how it works? <laughs> I'm confused. Why did you take your clothes off? We don't have to take clothes off to duel. If that God actually happens in the show, I will take back everything I've said. God damn Yu-Gi-Oh protagonists. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then there's the guy with the fork for forehead hair <laughs> thing, who's obviously the evil psychotic rival type guy, and that's pretty much the entire opening. And then we get to the actual show, and it's worse than that. <laughs> um, you Isn't see... this one now card games in space? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, like, first it's a scoop. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! was like, it, was, it wasn't enough. First Yu-Gi-Oh! Like I said, you at least kind of respect it. It's just card games. Then, But then we have to have card game school. The card game school isn't ridiculous enough, so let's have card games on motorcycles. Oh, not ridiculous enough? Let's take the card games into fucking space. This has to be the last show. Where do you take the card games after space? Card game reboot? There's nowhere else to take the card games. You can't go any sillier than space. (laughs) Card games in the fifth dimension? Is that that next? (laughs) Abstract card games? Salvador Dali throwing a face down? Is that what's going on next? It's all going to be directed by, I don't know, Lars von Trier or whatever. And it's probably going to be like original Yu-Gi-Oh! in space. It's going to be like melting blue eyes white dragons. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And with clocks randomly floating around. <laughs> it's like, I play a card in the attack position, and then he actually plays a spell card. It's like, <laughs> what? It's like, it's symbolic, bitch! It's like fucking Hideaki Anno lost it completely, and he did a Yu-Gi-Oh! series. <laughs> Which would and and, be kind and, of if, awesome. and if you look at the behind-the-scenes stuff, his most of his show notes is incompar- incoherent babbling about governments and food. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that would be actually kind of awesome. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, you... take him, a, mo- a mentally fragile guy. Just take the last bits of sanity he has and make him do a Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, series. and then in the end, it turns out he's actually like a really crazy guy in a straitjacket in the asylum the entire time. There's like cards <laughs> scattered in his room. And the last couple episodes are just flash animations. Yeah. And title cards. Uh, it's a PowerPoint presentation at the last couple of with the MIDI music. With card games. Is <laughs> Tim and Eric? What the fuck? No, it's fucking Media Giano Then And then random poker. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Zeal. Zexel, whatever. What happens is we first get to meet our main character, of course. And this is where I almost try to jump out of the window. Because. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, first we had Yugi, who was pretty much just a pussy and got taken over by the Pharaoh the entire time, which is also kind of gay when you think about it, but regardless... I have another uh, man inside me. Exactly. Uh, Then you had Jaden, who was a bit obnoxiously chipper, but serviceable enough as a protagonist, I guess. I want another man inside me! (laughs) And, uh, well, actually, Jaden had a crush on that one girl, but whatever. Uh, and and then that's actually, that's actually kind of funny about GX like the rival and the main character like had this sort of rivalry about the girl character it's like what like people interested in girls ever watching Yu-Gi-Oh did someone yeah. pull a fast one over me oh well, yeah i guess yeah i guess he would be the straight one and he had the least ridiculous hair of all the protagonists yeah. he actually had like a sensible hair color Except that orange thing, I don't know what that was. Weird highlights. Yeah. I guess we can chuck that up to... It's sad that Jaden is probably the most well-adjusted Yu-Gi-Oh! character. He plays card games for fun and doesn't take them seriously. He plays card games for fun and goes after women and... I mean, he went to card game school, but so he's probably not very well educated, but, you know. He's... he, He pursues romantic interests and... Fight, plays a card game for fun, so yeah, he's probably the most well-adjusted out of all of them. And made him the most relatable. Unless a lot of repressed homosexuals are you watching, homosexual kids <laughs> are watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Which is probably the case, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, for some reason, I love that Merrick guy. <laughs> That's but, my favorite outfit. Well, I like Merrick too, but not because of his how many pe- how, many, how many dipshits do you think are, you, are probably listening to think we're homophobic? I mean, Probably I, I, everyone who has a Tumblr. <laughs> I mean, you know there's, like, some fucking frothing moron who's like, they made jokes about gay people, they must hate gay people. Yeah, I, I bet at, the, at this point they're probably expecting us to go, we don't hate gay people, I have lots of gay friends. <laughs> oh, I don't need to. I, 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 do, I know I don't hate gay people, which is why I'm totally fine with making fun of them. Exactly. Uh, but that's how you know this is their first episode. It's like, have you heard the other people they've made fun of? Yeah, funny that the straight people who have tumblers are far more butthurt than the gay people. <laughs> exactly. See, gay it's people, a, see, it's gay a butt people, fucking odd, joke. Enough are be- much better at taking a gay joke than straight people. Yeah, life's well, funny that way. Yeah. Speaking of gay, Yu-Gi-Oh! Zeal. Um, <clears throat> Damn it! I was drinking a soda. You almost made me choke. <laughs> so uh we need we meet our main character like like I explained like then, then there was Jaden then there was Yusei in uh, Yu-Gi-Oh 5Ds who was just uh well gay and bland pretty much and one was I have another man inside me and this one was I need to get another man inside me now yeah. it was his whole shtick like I need 
you would yeah. be. Russell and Jaden was pretty much card games, yay! I'm and, playing card games. I cards. And uh, <laughs> and then we have the protagonist of Zeal. What is and you know, what with this kid anyway? That kid is a complete fucking spastic. Um. So he, so the, the theme song was pretty much him. So the theme yeah. song was going, and I guess that was like to symbolize that the, our main character is going to be going. Yeah, I, I think that kid is autistic or something. I, oh my god, I don't even know where to begin. Okay, one thing is we see him in in school, like actual school, not uh, card game school this time. We see him in school. So he's getting an education at least. Yeah, and, and we, trouble we, re- Jaden yeah. over there is reading at a fourth grade level, but at least he can play card games really well. At yeah. least this kid can read. And his shtick is that he fails at everything, but keeps trying and trying and trying. Like for example, these things that you stack in gym class, like these boxes where you jump over. He's like stacking over twenty of them and tries to jump over it and of course fails horribly and almost breaks his neck, sadly only almost. And he has this weird catchphrase. Like whenever he tries to do something like that, like swim really fast or duel really awesomely, quote unquote, he like screams this catchphrase and you're you're gonna think I'm bullshitting you when I tell you. But he screams this catchphrase, it's called he's saying that in English, pop flying. What the fuck is pop flying? Nothing. That sounds like that sounds like, that sounds like a terrible accident. <laughs> I know. He went pop, like, oh man, it went pop flying. <laughs> look, look, don't don't adjust it too don't adjust it too tightly, or the whole pressure's gonna build up and it's gonna go pop flying. <laughs> but yeah. Or, or um, like some la- some uh, dorky like some trick from one of those dorky skater kids. Exactly. Watch me go pop flying. Ooh, That's I did pretty much what he on is a like. fucking board on wheels. I'm cool. Yeah. And what he's also doing is he's I I wasn't kidding when I called him a spastic because he's like super excited and jittery and is constantly moving and jumping and rolling back and forth and can't even stand still during a duel like every other main character. Yu-Gi-Oh ADHD. <laughs> exactly. That's what this is. But it's even worse than that. It's not like he has just ultra ADHD and is hopping around and talking like he's on sugar with speed and crystal meth and coffee. I have 500 meth points. <laughs> so I, uh, he almost, he yesterday watched Breaking Bad and almost had a near meth experience. Have you tried that blue stuff yet? <laughs> uh, it's really Stop good. The bald guy, it's really good. <laughs> oh, Breaking Bad, you're so great. Um, anyway, so yeah, that kid is for one really, really spastic, and uh, he's also pretty much the worst duelist in the entire history of Yu-Gi-Oh. Because the first two episodes are like uh, one duel that he has with some dude named Shark, and he plays shark cards. Get oh, it? It's that's really a clever. Character right there. And he has like violet blue hair. Clever word association. Yeah, and his hair has like spikes or whatever because of shark jaws. I hate the world. <laughs> um, you see what happens is this. Like the fat guy has dueled with a shark guy and lost to him and had bad his deck because he's a retard. If you lose to a dork like that, you, you, you should just leave. Yeah, just and therefore had to give his deck to that guy. 
Uh, oh, and previously, by the way, we watched ADHD cat having a dream, and in that dream, he's standing before an evil demon door with like chains or whatever, and it says cryptic shit like "You gotta sacrifice what's most precious to you, and then you will gain an awesome power." And then the doors open, and a bunch of black little baby hands grab him, and he can perform alchemy without transmutation circle. <laughs> I wish, <laughs> but uh, but no. Uh, he apparently constantly has his dream. Oh, and by the way, if you're wondering where his parents are, they're apparently archaeologists or whatever, and are somewhere else in the world. And they gave him that tacky hipster necklace, and they got to some- go somewhere to like work, which is why they're never around. At least I think that's what they told him. <laughs> and, and he's living with his grandma, and as he's rushing out to the school, that was pretty much the first second I I started really hating that show. Because they did that fucking cliche, which drives me up the wall. He was about to run to school. The grandma's like, did you eat your breakfast? It's like the kindly old lady gremlin. (laughs) And and he's like, no, I had no time. And then suddenly, like, crazy old lady suddenly gets, like, super karate moves or whatever. And, like, uh, scoops him up with her broom and then forces him to eat. And then it's apparently suddenly like really scary and shit. And I hate it when shows do that because it's retarded and not funny. And it makes me want to kick old ladies off the bridge. <laughs> not that I ever done yeah, that. That's you have stupid. no proof. They're like, like fucking, this, this unassuming character is suddenly has mad skills. That's funny. Laugh because see, you weren't expecting uh, an old person ass. or a little girl or whatever. To uh, bust out mad skills, so, and they did, and that's wacky and funny, and it yeah. defies your expectations. And it's time to laugh now. Yeah, because they're so threatening and shit. It's Are like, you gonna oh laugh? Oh my yet? god, it's laugh. Summer it's Wars so again! I'm like, oh my god, I'm watching Summer Wars all over again, only with card games. Oh wait, Summer Wars did have card games. <laughs> Summer Wars is the unofficial Yu-Gi-Oh seal movie. No, that is the unofficial Digimon movie. <laughs> yeah, see unofficial Digimon Yu-Gi-Oh crossover with Alex Jones as a writer. <laughs> I can't top that podcast over. Uh, no. uh, and um, those people are like, who's Alex Jones? Google him. Just, just, just <laughs> Google, better yet, go on YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> type, him in. type in LOL Have Alex fun. Jones. Have, yeah. Yeah, LOL Alex Jones is great. Anyway, the fucking... Thing ever. Uh, yeah, anyway, kid is a fucking dipshit. His grandma is, like, super cool or whatever. And then he goes to school, goes to his buddies or whatever, sees his friend lose. Oh, by the way, I gotta mention this. The See what uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds did is they, they introduced this new card mechanic, which is, like, Synchro or some shit. And... When Yu-Gi-Oh! Zeal came out, they introduced a new card type too. And the cards of that are like black with blue stars. And it's called XYZ for some reason. Because sure. Yeah, and the way it works is like you gotta have two monsters with the same amount of stars. And then you overlay them and thereby you can summon these pieces of shit. And uh, it's really stupid and unnecessary and whatever. And the, the shark guy then summons one of these black thingies and kicks that other guy's ass and takes his d- deck. And the main character comments, by the way, he got his deck from his dad. Apparently his dad... I'm sorry, hey. but Max, you're aware you speak with an accent. 
Yeah. And your accent makes some words sound like other words. And the way you say deck is similar to dick. So I can't help but giggle a little bit when it sounds like you say he got his dick from his dad. (laughs) Fun sophomoric times for everybody. Well, I guess it's kind of appropriate that the words (laughs) dick and deck are basically synonyms in Yu-Gi-Oh! So yeah, it's I mean, it's like the once you know. it's like the once in Harry Potter where someone took the books and replaced every instant of the word want with the word wang, and it still made sense. <laughs> it's like you, it's <laughs> like Harry gripped his wang tightly, and you always got to keep your wang <laughs> well cleaned. Fire fired sparkly energy from his wang. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're having. That fun. sounds like a medical condition. Yeah, we're, really like that. We're, we're having fun. That sounds painful. It's probably because they're wizards. They can do that. <laughs> Wizard fun, cum is beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, so fat guy loses, and he got his deck taken away from him by the shark guy. So now he has two decks. My God, what is it with me today? <laughs> so anyway, he took that away from him And of course, main character guy Because he's like determined and shit He's not gonna stand for it He's like, why are you doing this? Blah, 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 blah. And then the shark guy explains Like, it, it was a legitimate bet, basically So there's nothing you can do about it, dipshit uh, And he basically says uh, Yeah, this is dumb and whatever and actually, the villain this time is the one who challenges him to a duel to get his friend's deck back. Like, just think about that for a minute. Normally, you'd think that scene would go, main character would go, I'm not afraid of you, I am challenge you to a duel and bet my deck in order to get my friend's deck back. That's how you'd think it would go. But it doesn't. Instead, the villain offers him that. Because he's too, too stupid to think of it on his own. <laughs> uh, but hey, look, I'm trying to help you here. <laughs> yeah, and there's then, a there's a rhythm to these things. Yeah, and then the villain says, uh, like you gotta give up something that's really important to you. And of course, it's like symbolism because the door said that previously to him. And uh, like the of course, like the idiot that he is, the main character looks down to his necklace. And because the villain is a little bit smarter, even though he's called Shark. Uh, he immediately knows, oh, that really gay hipster necklace is really important to you. Let me take that from you. And he rips it off, throws it on the ground, and stomps on it, and so it breaks in two parts. And he's, like, really mad because it's a keepsake from his father. And I was like, I have a favorite character all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, you know, your name and hair are ridiculous, but I there's a lot that we have in common. Yeah. Fight, we both fight. have zero respect for this kid. Yeah. Also, finally, someone I can get behind. <laughs> yeah. Also, he plays sharks. Sharks are cool. Uh, but yeah, so he does that and challenges him next day to a duel. Oh, and I also gotta mention this: the way they do, do duels is even more retarded than previously. I mean, I think you notice the scouter type thing on his eye right in the opening. Yeah. Which every character has. You see, that's like a... I avoided the obvious joke because I'm sick of it. Yeah. It's called a D-gazer. Like a basically dual gazer. And if you put that on, you like see the crazy number world. And then you see... Then you see basically everything like it's normal. But you see the dual monsters that people have summoned and which with which they're fighting. And it also shows as if 
they're knocking over buildings when they're flying into them or attacking them or whatever. So they actually went backwards technologically because before they had holograms that actually did this. Now they just have a dual-o-vision. Exactly. And they still have that weird wrist thing, except it's tiny and looks far more retarded. And, and, and I would love for them to cut to outside what both of them see, and you just see them, like, staring, like, ah, oh! like, reacting to shit that's not happening. Yeah. Oh, ah! And since the holograms still knock you over for some reason, <laughs> I, I would really love just, to like, see that. One would duck, and the other would just fall, fall back. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's suddenly a gust of wind, even though there isn't, after <laughs> my monster got destroyed. Oh, and yeah, then uh, then he's basically emo because his thingy got broken. It's, it's sort of like a stick after he lost it. Uh, I'm talking about penis this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's sort of like he like he basically got castrated by having his weird hipster charm destroyed. Uh, I kept my penis in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was his penis actually as a substitute. It's because detachable be- and beautifully be- shaped. <laughs> because he because he never had one, so his dad gave him like a tacky necklace. <laughs> as, like <laughs> sorry, uh, this should. Uh, I guess you could just jimmy it down there when you need it, and that'll yeah. be a substitute. Dad, this look. This ain't looking like. Look, just go for it. Okay. Yeah. After all, keys keys are phallic. We know that since Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, anyway. So he's basically emo and is not pop flying anymore. And his girl Now where will the pops fly? Yeah, and his semi girlfriend who's like who like totally wants to jump his bones. It's like, oh why are you so sad? Oh, this is making me sad too. Is it is this Milky Holmes opening girl? Uh yeah, the green haired bitch. Yeah, from the segment of the opening where yeah, he came out of Milky really Holmes. Yeah. Uh it's pink. It's super, super pink, and she's like, "Teehee, girl movements, it's kind of a little dance, yay, lolly power, yay, uh, kawaii." Yeah, even though it's actually kawaii, but whatever. <laughs> so, uh, you cannot stay on top of it. Fuck you, you <laughs> playing fucking card games with weird hair. Fuck it. I have fucking talk about how you pronounce kawaii. Yeah, or dick, <laughs> or deck, or whatever. Now this is Yu-Gi-Oh! ADHD. Yeah, and I, I didn't even get to the worst part yet. Um, you see, then they duel, of course, because he's got to avenge the honor of his gay fat friend. And um, this is where we learn that the main character of Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel is retarded, probably. Because every single thing he does is like... Okay, let me describe it like this. This is basically, if I were to hand you a Yu-Gi-Oh deck and ask you to play against me and you hadn't kicked me in the crotch for that, and then we actually played that game, if you did that, you would be vastly more competent at playing the game than this little dipshit is, even though he's obsessed with the game. Like, he makes the most obvious mistakes. It's like, day, I got a monster with zero attack points, I better play it in attack mode. And it doesn't so, have so a special effect. So he basically, he lives and breathes this thing, but never learns. So I can only assume he's the Mookie of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and Or at one point, he like puts a face-down card. And instead of doing what every other Yu-Gi-Oh character ever did, where he's like, I'll play the face-down, he instead says, 
I place down a trap card. It's like, oh, you fucking idiot, why did you say that? It's like, you're giving your opponent free information, you moron. Um, and basically the entire first part is him getting his ass beat by the shark guy because every single thing he does, he constantly fails. I wouldn't even be able to watch that. Every time they say his name, I would think of uh, Eddie from Guilty Gear yelling, SHARK! <laughs> and if everyone played Guilty Gear, one of Eddie's crouching attacks, he turns his hand to a big shark and yells, SHARK! <laughs> I just keep thinking every time this, I, I would just dub that into my mind like hey it's you shark <laughs> I was defeated by shark uh, yeah the, the entire first episode in other words is just watching this guy fail at Yu-Gi-Oh <laughs> which, which kind of makes you kind of makes you wonder it's like why is he the protagonist chosen by Ultra Destiny if he's so Destiny's, fucking autistic that he can't even understand the card game that he loves, he doesn't even understand the most rudimentary strategy or rules. Actually, let me correct that. Gate of Truth is a troll. Yeah, when the yeah when the alien guy appeared and was like, "Yeah, yo, dude, let me handle that duel. Just let me tell you what to do." And he's like, "No, I know what to do." And then he fails again. And he's like, "Dude, seriously, let me." Let me tell you what to do because we're gonna lose otherwise. Bitch, I am your pharaoh proxy for this series. Yeah, exactly. And and then he says, my tactical abilities are so much better than yours. He's like, no, they're not. What is tactics? He asks that, and then he says, that's yeah, well, not even dumb. That's like, like that's uncomfortable. Like, oh, I feel <laughs> bad for all those jokes I was cracking yeah. earlier. And, and then it gets better. Then he says, like, this is like basically like uh, your strategy. That's uh, strategy, huh? What is strategy? Wow, that's that's like fucking. That's learning disabilities. What that is. <laughs> Like, everything coming to my mind would make Tumblr furious. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like autism the card game at this point. <laughs> that's not even autism. That's fucking... It's mental retardation. Oh, that's, like, that shit's got a longer name. Yeah, that, that kid's mean, a fucking lobotomy addict or something. It would explain that's, the fucking I mean, that hair. is straight up mental retardation is what yeah. that is. That is... I I drool on myself <laughs> and talk to people that aren't there. He actually does the this. The card he, game. You know what's funny? He actually does this because <laughs> he only he can see the uh, alien. <laughs> and, and there's actually an extended scene where he's like freaking out and pointing. He's like, look at him, guys. He's right there. He's right there. And you actually see it from the perspective of his friends. And he's pointing at the empty air and like spazzing out. It's like... Maybe he's finally lost it after almost after well, baby. Well, we were obviously aware that he has a severe mental defect. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, he's finally snapped. Is there a sharp object anywhere? We gotta hide it from him. Uh, <laughs> so basically, Zelexel's ex 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 Xavier is thoroughly retarded in every sense of the word, really. Yeah. I, I didn't even get to the best part. I'll address well, this really Well, get to the best part, because yeah, this is I'll getting, address this really quickly. We're, our runtime is long. Yeah, I know, I know. There's so much stupid shit to talk about. Okay, in summary, uh, the first episode is him watching Fail at Card Games. Then the Pharaoh substitute, the gay alien, appears, and his key is suddenly whole again. 
because magic. Uh, and then suddenly the shark guy is possessed by some sort of evil force and places one card which is called like numbers, whatever. And Someone possessed shark. Yeah, and as it turns out, there's like uh, from these you know black fusion X Y Z cards. There's this there's 99 cards who have like a number on them. It says like number one and so on and so on. And he plays like number 17. They're apparently evil or whatever and possess you. And the Pharaoh guy only has one, and there are apparently pieces of his memory. And in order to regain his memory, he has to collect all the cards. So it's really re- important that the main character wins. And therefore, he suddenly like pulls a number card out of his ass <laughs> and gives it to him. And then the main character guy, through incredible luck, summons like numbers, whatever dude... Hope Emperor Douchebag or whatever, and he almost, he still fails so, and he almost loses, and then it, it's just one draw, and he draws the exact card that he would have needed, which would be completely useless in any other situation, and does a completely retarded and obscure stupid combo, which also would have almost never arisen in any situation, and he defeats the shark guy, and the pharaoh dude absorbs the evil card, and uh, Shark is obviously set up to return like as a semi-redeemed rival-type character. Because uh, he was like, oh, I had a really lot of fun, let's play some time again, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he got his buddy's deck back, and he's now together with the gay alien, and they're going to have to defeat everyone who has numbers, cards, and get them all even though it might actually be that the alien might be evil or whatever. I don't know, it's retarded, and that's the end of the second episode. Numbers, numbers, numbers! I don't know. And they I, say uh, that in Japanese. I, numbers! I, I, I couldn't... That's, this shit just needs to die. I mean, that's just what happened. You exactly. need to get put the fuck down. At this point, it would be a fucking mercy killing. Zeal has to be the last one for so many reasons. I mean, this can't continue. This is... No more. No fucking more. I mean, no more. No, I can't, I don't have anything else to say. No more. Can't take this shit anymore. Yeah. I mean, the, and I fear for what the hairs will do if there's another <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! series. Well, it's just going to be... It, it can't get any worse than this. It's going to get Lovecraftian. That's the next step. Which is actually... They're, they're, they're going to have Yog sothoth coming out of their head. That's, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Which is actually funny, because one of the most recent sets is actually Lovecraft-themed. <laughs> they're going to have... As, one guy's just going to have Azathoth's nothing, like, like incomprehensible shape just popping out of their scalp. Gaze upon his hair, ye mighty and despair. They're really kind of pissing me off because yeah, this, I, I got this due from reading the Necronomicon. You know. yeah. really so I came of, up with it. Kind of pisses me off actually because they released that set long after I quit. Should have released it much earlier. <laughs> Why couldn't you come out with that when I still fucking gave a damn? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, now we've reached the end. Yeah, my friend. Uh, there's a. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, Yu-Gi-Oh is done. It needs to die. It is pretty much a, a an animated corpse at this point. Put the damn thing out of its misery. Let it die with whatever shred of dignity it has left. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! has pretty much become what Beyblade was from day one. Nothing but an extended commercial. Yeah. This is sad. Except for stupid hair. Yeah, it's just sad. 
Um, so I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Unless you have any last things to add. Oh, I don't think so. Seal is retarded. Well then, from all of us here at the other side, I'm Cody Byer. And I'm next week. Saying it's time to stop. Previously on the A3K Network. The Other Side with Cody Beyer and Max Vader. Alchemy is powered by the spirits of people that died in World War II. Most of which are probably people who were killed in the Holocaust. Which means in the first anime, say it with me everybody, alchemy is dead Jew magic. Oh my, right. which, which makes you wonder, like, with that radio they fixed with alchemy in the first episode, was that, like, Anne Frank? Two guys at a mic with Jameer Durham and Mike Martinez. This is, this is still Shonen Anime, and per the laws of Shonen Anime, Itsuki's heart gets broken because anime law dictates that the guy that follows the main character gets no play. Pretty much. You no can't act. be a sidekick in anime, like a Shonen series, and expect to get... It's not going to happen. Just the like only person who actually done that properly, Krillin, Vegeta. Barely, Krillin married a robot. Vegeta sort of counts, but Vegeta hated Goku, and he still does. Vegeta hates Goku. Krillin nah, loves man, Goku. they homeboys. Krillin loves Goku, but Krillin married a robot. So I guess that still does not count. Does a robot count? Can you get robot? He has a kid. Yes, but the it, the organs of the robot, but does robot count? Method to Madness with Sean Ryan and Kevin Gray. If, like, Spider-Man is trying to teach kids not to, like, smoke cigarettes, there's going to be, like, a, a nicotine smoke supervillain. Yeah, that's made exactly. up of smoke and shit. yeah. Yeah, or, like, the, there's drug dealers selling cigarettes. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's like, oh, those drug dealers constantly selling cigarettes. It's yep. Like, it's not mob guys. Cigarettes and caffeine pills. <laughs> yeah, you know. Like a bad save by the bell episode. Yep, exactly. Oh I still. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! <laughs> I still have nightmares about that. <laughs> Just like, wake up so. <gasps> See, Kevin, <gasps> this is where you turn your nightmares against each other. You have to envision and wish that the Yippiets are outside of her window as she's going through her caffeine fit. <laughs> She's just, she like, you know, goes through a caffeine fit, she's got knives and she's cutting them up. Yeah. Oh my God. I was thinking, like, they go in, they start sucking her brain, and with the, they suck out the caffeine as well, and they get super excited and hyperactive, they just kind of, like, pop into confetti. You know, that... And then those two evils cancel each other out. That, that is... Nightmare mode! The bonus round. Another really weird thing. The samurai in this are kind of gay. Like, super, super gay. But it, it only for a while. Like, it's in the first handful of episodes. There's a lot of, oh, you're so cute, little boy. You're adorable. I bet the master wants to lay down with you. And then they just drop that altogether. Like, they even have, like, a really gay Hajime Saito. You know, the guy from Moroni Kenshin? And so it, it just it seemed really weird because they never went anywhere with it. I think they go deeper into that in the manga because I, I'm pretty sure, like, Vastlord... Uh, from the same creator is also kind of a BL boys lovey type of work, but I haven't read it, so I couldn't tell you. Join the conversation and interact with our hosts on Facebook, Twitter, and on any May3000.com.